Good day, welcome, good evening, man, land, and sea. Bronson, you do it to me every time. <laughs> We're dancing in September, are we right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, earth, wind, and fire, of course. They are part of man, land, and sea, you know. They're about the environment. Welcome to the show, 33 minutes after 6. Dave Duane is sitting in, I mean, sitting in. <laughs> I, See, you put in so much work, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I sit in for Andrea or, or uh, Phil, so... <laughs> No, uh, this is Man Let and See. This is my show. So, thank you for tuning in, and um, very, very pleased to have a young lady from the organization of the Island Girl Power. And uh, I just happened to uh, <laughs> meet up with her at a local restaurant, and we started to talk. And immediately, I said, "You know, I really love the program that you're doing." And, and please introduce yourself. Juanita Blas, the program director of Island Girl Power. We're a program uh, right now underneath the Judah Foundation. Fantastic. And I was very, very interested and excited to see about this program you have with the, uh, again, what do you call it? The Community Garden. Community Garden. And what it is, if you could explain to the listening audience. Well, um, we established the Community Garden in 2014 as a way to help families to learn sustainability, um, to learn gardening, uh, because... <clears throat> what was it, uh, Facebook's Farmville <laughs> and all these uh, video, you know, uh, channels to to teach people how to cook and everything. But um, we needed to emphasize growing our own food. Yes, um, and, by all um, means. Those commu- the community garden we have is similarly modeled after a couple of the ones in Hawaii. But it's throughout the world. And what we have is 27 garden plots. Um, eight by four and four by twenty, and uh, you know, based on size, five, uh, ten dollars and fifteen dollars a year to rent it. We're not trying to make money off of them. It yeah. barely even covers the water, yeah. water bill for the month. Um, but it's about teaching sustainability and giving the youth an environment of fostering uh, nature and eating healthier. Because chances are, if they're growing it. They're also going to be more open to consuming tomatoes and eggplant. And right, the, consuming the right no, stuff. No, I, I, right. I just love the concept. I mean, I love the idea. I love that it's it's. How many years now? Um, yeah, about six years now. Yeah, and you know, just the thought of you know nowadays prices are skyrocketing at the supermarket, so and not stopping. Yeah, and if you can grow your own tomatoes, your donny, your hot pepper, mm-hmm. your what else? Eggplant. Eggplant. Um, we grow a lot of herbs. Um, the gardeners have uh, dill, lots of different basils, um, mint, um, chives, wow. rosemary. Yeah, and, and you know, and the, you know, Bronson. The <laughs> cool thing about it is they teach you. If you don't, if you're not very familiar with farming, they will teach you, instruct you what to do, provide some of the uh, farming tools that is required. Right, absolutely. The garden shed has everything. When they sign up to be a gardener, they get a key to the gate and a key to the tool shed, and they have access to that within daylight hours. Uh, I know a couple of really hardcore gardeners that really love the twilight. Into <laughs> into evening hours, it's a lot cooler. Um, but you know, we we try to foster that love for plants and that love for nature. Um, there's rules, you know, no bringing dogs in and no selling the produce. Because um, you know, I've I've joked about it, but seriously, mm-hmm. if you're going to sell stuff from the Island Girl Power Community Garden, 
you shouldn't. You should buy your own land and pay your own water. Right, that's um, not what it's about. They no. know that. No. Yeah, yeah. And um, we, they do have a uh, WhatsApp group for the community gardeners. And, uh, you know, um, they, they swap vegetables and do things like that. And, um, you know, just props to Mr. Hajime because, you know, his name means first. Uh-huh. Um, but he was also the one that really inspired the current group of gardeners um, by his beautiful manicured garden. Oh, he's got skills with the cutting and making yeah, sure everything's right. Yeah, my right. garden is horrible make, compared oh, to his. <laughs> but, you know, see, what I'm doing is I'm showing that you can have anything in the spectrum. So I, <laughs> I right. set the bottom of the standard uh-huh. um, because a lot of the times people, you know, try to do Hajime's uh, style gardening. Failed. And uh, eh, not failed, just, you know, it's a little hard. It's hard. That's, I mean, I've heard that name, and, and it's always with almost perfection there when it comes to that garden. Mm, so he he said one thing. He knows every inch of that soil because he's run his fingers through uh-huh. it. And he grows everything from seed. Nice. Fantastic. He Fantastic loves, he gardening. He um fertilizers and other um, we stuff don't do you I mean you know the, the most that we'll do or we'll allow people stuff. is uh you know the miracle bagged soil uh-huh. the time release stuff but we don't add any chemicals or pesticides the reason why I bring that up um, I have an individual his name is Mr. Paul Tobiason mm. he's very much into composting mm-hmm. yes we have a compost bin you have a comp you should utilize that as often as you can and generate your own absolutely. natural absolutely we're always looking we really really have a need for more mulch and more compost than we have been able to generate so well, there you go finding a company that could um, donate uh, mulch or compost or even mm-hmm. just really good topsoil you know really good garden soil um, because we don't charge much for the garden plot uh-huh. Um, we kind of need that supplement from the community to help um, to to just, I mean, every six months to every year, those plots, the soil has to be rejuvenated. So you're in much need of mulch and topsoil? Mm-hmm, and yeah. compost if possible. Because, you yeah. know, our, our compost bin is a three-bin pallet, but we don't have anyone there working it every day, turning it, and so it's slow. If you right. have someone there, you can get really good compost out in yes. in a month and a half. Very true. Very, very true. Are you running well, into anything like uh, any of the pests or anything that are, have been plaguing us? Uh, no, because a lot of the times people, they just, they throw anything in their compost. You shouldn't have any meats and oils, um, anything really, you know, pungent like that. Um, it'll attract the bugs and, oh, yeah. and the rodents. Um, and also, every time you put fresh um, peelings or vegetable waste, you put grass clippings on top on of it top. or soil on top of it so it helps to, uh, you know, prevent anybody, you know, any, any rodents from coming over. Well, there you go. I, I really appreciate you bringing that out because this would be a, a show right here, uh, a good venue to get the word out that uh, should anyone, a private citizen, company, whoever you may be, it would be greatly appreciated. You can assist Island Girl Power and their... What, what community community gardening. Gardening, gardening project that has been going on for a few years now. And, you know, um, currently, are there any plots available? Um, I believe we have uh, three at the moment. Three. Three at the moment. And th- the gardens look beautiful right now. Um, there are f- a few gardens that were expanded into large plots. 
mm-hmm. um, they can actually be sectioned off so two people can share. Are you so, looking to expand? Um, the property that we have in Sengsong Dedido is is wonderful, um, thanks to Gura, by the way. Um, we're able to do the gardening behind the center, mm-hmm. but we want to keep most of the yard. There's a there's a plan for two different two more phases that would probably add another another ten plots. I, mm-hmm. I would assume um, based on my 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 drawings. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we do gardening all around the compound, but mm-hmm. those garden plots are for those families. Maybe this is a, a type of a concept that can be utilized at the different villages. I would always recommend that, um, having a neighborhood or a housing area, mm-hmm. um, take a training through us um, to learn how to set up community gardens. It's raised beds. Mm-hmm. It's raised beds. We also use techniques with grow bags um, inside of the, the rubber tires. So you're not using the tire per se to grow in. You're just using the tire to hold up and reinforce the grow bags just that are it, right? environmental, yeah, organic. And um, so we also teach um, high school students for service learning how to do earth buckets. And uh, on our website, there's a brochure for earth buckets. 90% of it is recycled material, old pipe, yogurt containers, two buckets, and and you make a sub-irrigated planter. You only have to water it once a week. And for senior citizens... Very obvious. Um, very, very obvious. She knows what she's <laughs> talking about. Um, you can you can get a free earth bucket while supplies last with eggplant growing in it. Eggplant. Nice. <laughs> it must be your favorite, huh? Um, well, you know, when you <laughs> go over to agriculture, it's what's available. Okay. Um, we generally put eggplant, tomato, or okra in it. Wow. You um, grow okra, too? I'm growing along the fence line, um, or I should say the girls and I are growing string beans, wing beans, and um, and gourds. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also uh, loofahs nice. out of the bucket. Hmm. I understand uh, because I met with you earlier in the week uh, at a local restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, other projects you wanted to try and uh, facilitate, um, oh, right. clean-up type projects, I believe we mentioned. Well, I mean, it's so important when you're dealing with a community that gets a lot of negative media. Um, you know, um, we're we're in the largest village, yes, and uh, like know, New yes. York. If you can make it there, <laughs> you can <laughs> make it anywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we knew we knew what we were getting into, and we definitely chose Dedido. Um And uh, the wonderful thing about planning for the expansion that happened in 2014 was um, right next door to us in the in the Kaiser housing area there are parks. There are neighborhood parks. Yes. And there are about four basketball courts that are only one is usable. Well, exactly. Um, and with that mentioned, mm-hmm. I, before I forget, I wanted to, I, I spoke about this to you before we went on the air. Right. I wanted to give a big shout out and kudos to an individual. He's a resident, I believe, of Dedido. And he takes it upon himself for the last months that I know of of cleaning a park area, namely, right, right I think, Ligua. Ligua and Terrace. Ligua. Mr. Anthony Manjola. Big Tom. Big yeah. Tom. Thank you, sir, for doing what you do for the community. Uh, you know, you do it, and it 
gets trashed for again. For the sake you, of doing it. Yeah, you know, it's people like you that make a difference, and it takes you and a community, and in this case, a village, to to assist you. You know, we got to do what we can. Unfortunately, they got individuals out there that don't see it the same way we do, and uh, we got to keep it clean. Right. Um, I, I was mentioning to you uh, again before we went on the air. Very soon, uh, these individuals will be caught. And oh, um, yeah. yeah, it's called Get black ops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with with um, with phone cameras. So anyone, I would encourage you they will to be, be part of the change. It's 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 really not hard to do the right thing. Um, take a picture, take a video of people dumping. I know it sounds crazy. We were not raised to to do that and and call people out like that, but. The amount of labor it's time. that, it's time. that all Definitely. the volunteers and I have done in those neighborhood parks just removing other people's trash, it's disgusting. Right. Yeah, so once again, Mr. Anthony Manjola, I made it a point coming into the show today that I said, I'm going to shout out this guy. This guy does an awesome job, and he does it because he wants to do it. He's he been wants a part to of make SMG, it too, here. He was, he was a DJ back when we were up at the Bank of Guam. Nice. Was he? he was was awesome, he's an awesome dude. Yeah, awesome and dude. obviously. Kudos, and uh, very, I salute you, sir. Thank you for what you do for the village of Dedido and in, in your immediate area. And again, um, <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny, but uh, Black Ops, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be in the jungles. And, uh, don't be surprised one day you're out there trying to trash one of our parks or one of our beaches or parks out there and you hear someone shout, Halt! <laughs> I caught you and on video. That's all it takes. Halt! 46 minutes after 6, man, land, and sea with uh, Juanita with Island Girl Power. Uh, you got anything you want to, uh, something to say, uh, comments you want to make? By all means, uh, you know, News Talk K57, give us a call, 477 We'll be more than happy to talk to you about anything, especially if it's got to do about environment. And speaking of that, I definitely see a trend happening. I definitely see a trend. I see a lot of people being more conscious about the environment, the beauty and the cleaning cleaning up of our island. It's just, like like Bronson said, enough is enough. we got to do something about it. And... I made it a point that I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get the word out that, uh, you know, restore the pride, keep our island clean. Okay. We we definitely live in paradise. And uh, and if we don't clean it up, you know, it's just going to not send the right message out right. there. So I mean, you wonder why children, <coughs> youth are getting into trouble. Yes, yes. Because they don't have an area. Yeah. to do, um, you know, free play mm-hmm. outside, outdoors. There's but no place for women to stroll the babies around with the strollers. Well, like I said, uh, I definitely see a trend. Uh, there's more. Uh, and uh, we got, uh, luckily, we got a very good senator, the environmental oversight chair, mm-hmm. uh, namely Senator Sabina Flores, very proactive about the environment. She'll be in the studio a little later this evening. And uh, one of the things I just heard on, uh, I think it was on Andrea's show or Phil's show, I forgot whose show she was on, she's going to be having a uh, public hearing tomorrow and uh, with EPA and one of the things that they discuss, she's going to be, that's in that uh, discussion, is to subsidize trash pickup for families of low income and I'm really interested about that as well. You know, we, we talk about trash on this show a lot and people say, you know, 
you know, we can't afford it. Well, Sabina Perez, proactive as she is, is going to do something about it. Nice. Do we have a call? Okay, we got we got our first call. Nice. Juanita, let's take this call. Hop day, good evening. You're on Man, Land, and Sea. Hello. 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 Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, this is Stephanie Flores from the Island Island Wide Beautification Task Force. How are you all doing this evening? Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? I'm great. You know, I was listening, and and Juanita and Island Girl Power does such wonderful things. And yes, she does. And you know, uh, she's reached out to us at the Island Wide Beautification Task Force to to do some partnering up, and and, and we're we're very excited about having that coming up in the in the very near future. But uh, I wanted to call and let everybody know about the. Uh, Micronesia-wide cleanup that's um, coming up on September 13th. Oh. And this is something that um, when the governor met with the regional leaders, um, she committed that, that Guam would participate, and, and everybody in Micronesia will be cleaning up their islands on um, September 13th. And so the government of Guam will be likewise uh, participating, and, and the governor and lieutenant governor have selected four sites on the island. Fantastic. It will be Tangisan Beach, uh, Tagotang Beach, Marble Cave, and Pocket Cave. So uh, we'll be out cleaning up from 1 p.m. in the afternoon to to 5 p.m., and and we'd like to invite everybody to join us. And this is going to be a a major cleanup of these areas, so we'll be removing junk cars and white goods and and everything else that, that we find in those areas. So obviously tires and things like that and these are areas that we found that that just get trashed routinely no matter how many times people go and clean these areas they're just trashed routinely and like what Juanita was saying and you were saying that people go and they clean the parks and it just comes and gets trashed again so you know this is a this is an effort that we're trying to address and we really thank the island girl power and and other community groups that come out and they do the cleanups all the time so the government of Guam employees will be out cleaning on September 13th. So we'd like to invite everybody to join us. And if you wanted some uh, more information, you could call us at the Island-Wide Beautification Task Force at 475-9383 or 84. Uh, and we'll be happy to, to hook you up with one of the different groups or one of the sites that if you wanted to participate. Yeah, I would definitely uh, suggest and recommend to uh, the listeners out there, if you're, you want to participate, to definitely give them a call. And I would add that, um, you know, 1 to 5 p.m., September 13th, that uh, if you want to participate, just give them a call. But uh, by all means, make sure you dress appropriately. Um, I'm sure you guys would probably have some bags and gloves and all that stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll provide the bags and the gloves and, and um, you know, obviously all the, the other equipment that's necessary to, to take out the, the bigger items. But um, we ask that you come with um, closed-toed shoes and, and, and dress appropriately for the occasion. Yes, fantastic. Micronesian-wide cleanup. So, and yeah, every island, every jurisdiction in Micronesia is going to be cleaning up all on the same day. So we're all trying to do our part to, to clean our areas and, and to combat some climate change, right, do some, do some things that help us to live a little more sustainably and, and show that we care about our islands. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I really thank you, Stephanie, for giving us a call and giving us heads up about it. And uh, as I was mentioning to Juanita, I said, I cannot de- confirm or deny, but uh, don't be surprised. One day you're out there dumping illegally, illegal dump site or what have you, and somebody steps out of the bush and says, 
stop right there. Your <laughs> cotton candy You're camera. You're finally caught. Oh, we definitely, we definitely encourage people to do that. We yeah. really do. I yeah, think. I, I, something. And, and one of the things that you know the governor and Lieutenant Governor have been working on is you know they got some some capital improvement funds from from the Department of Interior, and one of the things that they're working on, we're working on very hard, is um, improving our parks and our recreational facilities. And part of that money is to install some uh, closed-circuit TVs to monitor the park for this, exactly am, these types of activities I, that I you're talking about. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, uh, really looking forward. We just got a guest just walked in the studio. Half a day, Senator Kelly Marsh Titano. Half a day. Half a day. Thank you for tuning me, uh, coming in. And uh, definitely I invited Kelly on, on the show today. I uh, wanted to talk about a bunch of different stuff that is happening on the island. And uh, did you hear on the way over, uh, we're talking about this uh, farming. Community garden. Community garden. I'm going to get that. I get that all. She's yeah. Farmville. Well, Farmville, right? right. No, no, no. Farmville is what the kids are doing on the computer at the time. Aye. And we were saying, do it for real. You actually get this to taste the vegetables. Yeah. You know. Um, but we also have a nature park that's 11 acres that we need volunteers for. Sports groups, um, you know, uh, military groups, uh, village groups can come out and help us clear trails. Um, reopen, reopen trails from this past rainy season. Don't be shy. Um, Get the word out. It's all about teaching uh, sustainability in in a jungle environment. With and once again, give a number. Six eight eight four seven five two. And uh, if I can give props to my By all means. my team, By the all means. Island Girl Power family, um, our ladies in Maleso that teach and then um, that that hold the fort down, and then also. <coughs> Our thrift store and our clubhouse people, all all the wonderful volunteers that we have, and um, along with that Micronesian-wide cleanup, um, anyone that's putting together projects for the community at large like that, mm-hmm. they should post their projects on GuamServiceLearning.com so that those projects are accessible to the DOE students. Fantastic, fantastic! I really love what you guys do. Especially, I think I'm going to get me a plot. I want to grow me something. Nice. <laughs> I want to grow me something, whether it be eggplants or... How about pineapple? Right. Anybody growing pineapple? Absolutely. Um, You've got to grow a little more than pineapple because it takes a couple years to fruit. Oh, does it? Uh, yes, sir. I um, if you can clone that. <laughs> can you? Right. I don't know. I've but heard. I, you probably can. I don't know. i got to get I just want to say, even though that marijuana is legal, <laughs> you can't do it that. is still illegal at Island Girl Power because we deal with kids. Yeah, that's right. Simple, plain and simple. Thank you very much. The best. Okay, yeah. you know that was in the top of my head. I, I was Ooh. wondering, you know, so you said something, and I'm like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I, think I don't you know. Got Just the put it out there. No, no, no. Uh, I'll grow it at my house. People have been talking to us about revenue medicinal, generation. This little, this Fifty-six minutes after uh, four minutes till the top of the hour. You're listening to Man, Land, and Sea, and we got the good Senator Kelly Mars Titano in the studio. I wanted to talk to her specifically about, uh, what, especially this new uh, news about the uh, President Trump taking away millions of dollars from the, from the military buildup, which is going to translate to postponing a lot of the uh, projects here yeah, in Guam, which includes the uh, firing range. Maybe this might be an opportunity to finally give us a little more time to figure out what we can do to 
How many firing ranges are there? Well, the complex that they are proposing, and I'm still using the term proposing. Oh, yes, good, <laughs> good. The, the complex that they're proposing would have five range components, uh -huh. and so the funding that would be delayed if it is indeed used for a wall would just be the largest of those five. Mm. So there already is activity occurring on the other four ranges, and I don't know if anything will slow down for those, at least as related to money used for the border wall. Yeah, but uh, because the fifth one hasn't even been started yet, maybe that can be something we can focus on. If well, we can't it would stop be one the of the most board, impactful. So, and it's the one that's closest to the Hudson Lagu, which yeah. is, um, I mean, it's an incredibly rare tree. It's um, it's very vulnerable right now, both mm -hmm. in Guam and in Luta, Rhoda, the only two places where it exists. Mm -hmm. And it may end up being the only one mature seeding tree My left goodness. of its kind for Guam. Okay. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Uh, once again, um, two minutes until CBS News. Uh, I'm Dave Duenas sitting in with Juanita with Island Girl Power and the good Senator Kelly Mars Titano. And uh, hoping... Uh, Stephanie, I mean, not Stephanie, <laughs> Sabina, Senator Paris. Sabina yeah. Paris. Uh, yeah. she, well, I I'm glad I got to, to be here for a few minutes with Juanita. I oh, love Island Girl Power. <laughs> I love what they do. I I've really been following them uh, with their community gardens yes. and their nature trail for a while. Yes. And When we met up, I said, you've got to come on the show. Mm -hmm. And, and she graciously that. agreed. I appreciate that. Uh, after 10 years of running a girls program, you realize that the girls are going home to families that are struggling. Yeah. So the compound is more about inspiring the community to better support the empowerment of girls. Well, anytime you have anything that uh, you need to get out to the general public, the doors are open with you uh, here at Man, Land, and Sea. Thank you, sir. Okay. So with that said, we're just about a minute till the CBS News. We will be right back after this short break for the news. This is CBS News on... All right, welcome back. Eight minutes after seven. Uh, welcome to Man, Land, and Sea. Thank you, Bronson, for that. Hall and Oates. Always. I love that. Hall and Oates. Making my, my dreams come. Love it, man. Love it. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, again, we had earlier in the show uh, Juanita from Island Girl Power talking about the community uh, farming projects and uh, community gardens. Community gardens. There you go. Thank you, Senator. Which is a form of farming. So. <laughs> there you go. And I got the other senator in the studio, Senator Sabina Flores. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I am so sorry. No problem. Uh, a half a day. Half a day, half a day. Uh, I definitely wanted to get get you in. I call her the proactive environmental oversight uh, senator. And uh, along with uh, Kelly Mars Titan, senator, together they make an awesome team to make sure that our environment is looked after, taken care of, and being proactive about it. Uh, reactive is, just means to me we're trying to fix a problem that already is happening. So let's try and cut the problem before it even happens, right? Uh, yes, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I heard you on Phil Leon Guerrero's show, and uh, I knew they were going to call you. And I said, man, they're going to they're get her on the show before I get her on my show. But that's okay. 
the important thing is is what I heard during the show, and it was the fact that you have a what do you call is it a uh, public hearing? Uh, yes, public hearing tomorrow. Uh, it's for the rules and regs, the long-awaited rules and regs for the Recycling Revolving Fund, uh, mm -hmm. which actually existed. Uh, it was created in 2003 without any rules and regs until today. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, until recently. Okay. So it went through this rigorous process called the AAA process. So it had a hearing from the agencies. It, it then got um, a lot of reviews from AG, uh, BBMR, um, and then the governor to finally get to the legislature's um, desk. So, um, yeah, it's a long, long time coming. Yes. These rules and regs, and um, there, you know, there's a lot of bit of controversy in the history of this because, uh, as you know, money is set aside from the motor registration fees Correct. for this particular fund, Correct. and it's been appropriated um, for other purposes besides what was meant to be, or at least there's some controversy about how it was appropriated. Well, I do know just very recently they what let out 1.3, I believe, to yes, the mayors. Uh, 1.3 million, and that was to go to the island-wide cleanup. Correct. Uh, and that involves collecting junk vehicles. White, white goods. White goods. Um, yeah, so finally they're getting on ball, getting on the ball. And uh, I guess with this uh, public hearing you're having tomorrow, uh, that's just one component. There's other components. Uh, yeah, so basically for any kind of rules and regs, there should be a public hearing. Okay. Uh, and so that's what we're doing. We're, it's a, a law that would adopt the rules and regs. Um, but this is just the first iteration uh, for the rules and regs, um, my office is planning to amend it. We have a, a draft bill in place uh, to amend the law uh, along with the rules and regs to go along with it. And uh, we want to strengthen the zero waste portion of it. Uh, there e there's a, even a section about subsidized subsidies for low-income households to pay for collections. So um, we're looking forward to the public to coming out and speaking, uh, providing their input and how to improve this because uh, as you know, you know we have limited land space on, on Guam for landfills, and um, you know anything that anything the community can provide as far as ideas, uh, resources, you know the energy that we can put behind this to to uh, you know make our landfill last, you know at least to sell, yeah. extend the life of the landfill. Well, that's what definitely caught my attention: the uh, subsidizing of uh, trash pickups at the residential level. It really, really caught my attention. It's been a subject that uh, I brought up on the show many a times. I've had uh, Mr. Larry Gass from the Solid Waste Authority in the, in the studio, and we talked about it many times. You know, um, not even about half of the population is actually signed up for trash pickup. A lot of them because supposedly they can't afford it. So this would address that, uh, at least that portion of yes, it. Definitely, yeah. And uh, as you know, most. Um, I think I believe EPA said that most of the a lot of the illegal dumping is household trash. Yes. So you know we're hoping yes. this would help uh, alleviate that problem. Yeah, fantastic. I really appreciate. I mean, um, what time is uh, one more time the? 10:30 uh, uh, tomorrow morning. 10:30 in the morning at the Guam Congress yes. Building. Yes, that's correct. Okay, and um, I did want to talk to you about briefly as well uh, as Senator uh, uh, Titano and I were talking discussing earlier. Uh, they recently had the uh, the big uh, what is it the march what, what, what's the name of it uh, yeah uh, the self determination yeah march that. of self determination and uh, Senator Titan and I were being uh, Kelly Marsh Titan were talking about can how does that tie in with the recent developments with the uh, Trump pulling millions of dollars from the military buildup build Senator 
Well, <laughs> I, I was waiting to see if Sabina was going um, to add in some okay. information since she just arrived. But uh, yeah, for the March of Self-Determination, I was mentioning that it really ties into what, what part of what we've been talking about for the environment, at least uh, Senator Sabina and I, for quite a while. And it's that the United Nations has said that while the people are self-determining, while they are going through that process, the administrative um, powers are supposed to be safeguarding and holding the natural and cultural resources in trust for those peoples so that when they do go ahead and self-determine, whatever the status is, they actually have their cultural and natural resources with which to do you know, what they choose to. Mm -hmm. um, and I was giving you an example that there are places in Nauru or in Kiribati where the administering power at that time had mined for phosphate to the point that people uh, either have a harder life there or like in Banaba in Kiribati, they have actually um, had to go live in Fiji, on an island in Fiji, because they can no longer really have a sustainable life at their home. And so those would be examples where an administering power uh, did not safeguard those cultural and natural resources for the people and created some really extreme situations. So here, the United States um, has been told by the United Nations, and this was just recently, as just a few months ago, they had a resolution and they reaffirmed saying that the U.S. as an administering power has that responsibility to be safeguarding and not destroying or otherwise um, impacting these cultural and natural resources that belong to the people of Guam. Okay. Um, yeah, that's you know, <laughs> that's, and we mentioned briefly uh, earlier in the show that uh, there's a total of five different firing ranges. Yes. Four of them are already ongoing, is that correct? Uh, yes, they're already funded, money's been appropriated. Uh, the fifth one um, is not, has the money hasn't been appropriated yet, and that's going to come out of the, the National Defense Authorization Act of this year. So um, I don't know if it's too late to stop that as far as on the, the congressional level, mm -hmm. uh, preventing that funding. And it's going to come from U.S. tax dollars, um, and I think it's a waste of U.S. tax dollars because they've spent a million dollars to put a fence around that very same area uh, to, put, to, to make it a conservation area for a different military project. And so they just blown a million dollars, and now they're going to right because spend they more ripped money. that fence out, and so there went a million dollars, and then they're going to propose to put that fence back in, but just a little ways farther, yeah, and a, so a larger good. fence uh, yeah. area. Um, and so who's to say that they're going to go back on their word on this particular project and take down that fence? So I, I think that, um, you know, I hope the American people see or the congressional leaders see that, uh, to at least question um, how they're, they're using tax money uh, and that they've wasted already. Well, I think because of what's transpiring now with the recent news that Trump is going to pull 250 plus million from the military buildup, particularly specifically on Guam projects, that this, this might give us an opportunity to have a stronger, more detailed argument why we can lobby to, you know, 
No, the fifth one? Never mind. Don't do the fifth one. Right, right. And uh, that particular area is very critical to our endangered species, as you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's, it's very close to one of the most rare, rare trees on, on the earth, the mm -hmm. Hazamaga tree. So Correct. And, and it goes against common sense because back in 1994, when there were 122 trees in the wild, they, there was a plan that was made, the Serianthes Recovery Plan, that stated um, that the habitat must be protected. And now that we're down to the last 30 trees uh, in the wild, that is not talking about the outplantings of ones they raise in the nursery, and now we're down to the last 30 trees, they're taking away habitat. So it, it goes against common sense. It goes against their, their uh, uh, plans um, from U.S. Fish and Wildlife, the, the very agency that's supposed to protect endangered species. Um, yeah, right, and it just is uh, going off of uh, and building on what Senator Perez was saying. It's really counterintuitive mm -hmm. if you just walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm going to take a conservation area and I'm going to bulldoze it." I mean, that would just <laughs> people would just no, right, it just uh, doesn't make any it, sense. It wouldn't make any sense, and especially as Senator Perez was saying. It's a conservation area that's been very successfully maintained for decades and millions and millions of tax dollars have been put into it with the fence, with people's salaries, with other projects that have gone on there. Have the, have the military said anything uh, to uh, support why the change of mind? You know, we spent millions in doing this and then now we're going to just bulldoze it down? I mean, have they said anything? Unfortunately, we're not part of the conversation. Uh -huh. So these negotiations were taking place uh, between two federal agencies mm. uh, when they were, they were trying to figure out how to mitigate their projects, and that's between um, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and uh, Department of Defense. Mm. So uh, we were not part of that conversation. Right, and then it goes back to uh, decolonization, as you were mentioning earlier, right? right? Uh, as to why we're not part of that conversation. Exactly. We should be. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're trying to do this on our island, you know. Yes, they're, it's within their fingerprint, supposedly, you know, but it's uh, still, it's part of our environment. And uh, Right. Well, and I, what I keep on mentioning as well is to say that you're within your footprint, but then to need or take something like nine square miles of land and sea. Right. Uh, that belongs to man, so we got the whole title of your show covered. <laughs> 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 but, to take, <laughs> but to take nine square miles of that in one place and to take um, uh, several other miles of it over at Haputo, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away, and to say, oh, well, we're staying within our footprint, it's really disingenuous in a lot of ways, or it's really inaccurate in a lot of ways, because several square miles of some of our prime fishing areas is absolutely not staying in their footprint. Do you think at this point in time, is it uh, any way that we can get to sit in on these meetings instead of after the fact? Um, I think uh, at this point the conversation is, is, being sh is shifting to uh, probably more of the, the funding part. I mm -hmm. think it's, it's already been, the decision has been already been made. Mm -hmm. um, unless somebody at a higher level can... Uh, you reevaluate this decision, and I, I think that opportunity might come with the uh, genetic studies. So we're still waiting um, the, to see if the tree in the northern part of Guam is different from the trees in, in Moda. If that determination is made, then there would have to be uh, basically an injunction in order to reevaluate what is the best way 
to protect or prevent the species from becoming extinct. So it's called reinitiation. Okay. It, it's just interesting to find out if, you know, like you said, it's more geared toward the funding now. But, um, you know, it would have been nice to be able to sit in in these meetings and, and have our concerns addressed right then and there versus after you making all the decisions and telling us what you decided. And it's against what we had envisioned. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, well, it, and against what the United Nations exactly, is saying. Exactly. No, it's so true. <laughs> 21 minutes after 7, man, land and sea, Senator Sabina Paris in the studio with Kelly Mars Titano, Senator. Uh, Four seven seven five seven five seven. You got uh, any uh, comments, uh, concerns you may have? By all means, give us a call it's right here on the station. We'll take a short break right after this. Outrigger Guam Beach Resort, the Plaza Shopping Center, and Sorensen Media Group present World Theater Productions Mamma Mia on September 6, 7, and 8 at the UOG Calvo Fieldhouse. This adaptation of the beloved jukebox musical will feature a cast of local talent joined by international stars Didi Magno Hall, AJ Raphael, and more for the benefit of the UOG Endowment Foundation. Buy tickets now at WTPGuam.com and 76 Circle K. Enhance the theater experience. The American Association of University Women Guam Branch presents The Dish, a monthly program about issues affecting women and girls in our community. The Dish airs on K57 the last Saturday of the month from noon to 2 p.m. On The Dish, we'll talk about women's health, violence, ageism, workplace equality, financial security, and more. The Dish, serving food for thought on issues that are important to women. Brought to you by the AAUW Guam Branch on Newstalk K57. Afidi, Mrs. Francis from Wise Owl Animal Hospital. I have been a certified veterinary nurse at Wise Owl for over 10 years. Wise Owl cares for our community and continues to be a state-of-the-art modern veterinary clinic because we are passionate about the health and well-being of your pets. At Wise Owl, we offer laser therapy and acupuncture to help boost your pet's natural healing process when they are in pain. Call us today at 646-CARE. Wise Owl, we are your other family doctor. This by local message is brought to you by Sorensen Media Group and Wise Owl Animal Hospital. Hardships, struggle, perseverance, hope, support. Experience the incredible and powerful stories of men and women afflicted with cancer and their resilience to overcome the disease in Sorensen Media Group's My Story, premiering every first Monday of the month at 6.30 p.m. on ABC7 and the following Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. on Fox 6. Presented by Island Cancer Care, My Story is a Sorensen Media Group production.
Seven minutes after seven, Van Morrison. Got it right into the storm. That's the it. The doors. Yeah, got storms. Uh, I think we got right. storms Up in the on, area. Man. Yeah, they've huh. been around. Well, I heard we got a tropical storm or depression around the area. Yeah, I heard it was lurking. Hopefully. And of course, we hear about the big one that up near uh, South Carolina right now. Oh man, the Bahamas praying for you. Know, you know, Bronson, uh, it it kind of died down to a Category Two, and then it they said the latest that I heard it went back up to a category three. So what did it what it strengthened. It, okay. Is it still in the water or are they I haven't it, even Yeah, it's still right skirting the uh, coastline. But uh, you know it, it, it did uh um uh, slow down in strength and then it built back up again. Welcome back to Man Land and Sea, Dave Duane is with you and uh, in the studio Senator Kelly Mars Titano and Sabina Paris. Day. Half a day. Yes, Senator, half a day. if you could put the microphone. Oh, sure. There you go. It's a directional mic. <laughs> okay. Picks you up a lot better when you. it's right at you. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, we were talking uh, during the uh, break there about uh, different things we want to bring out to the public. And one of them being, of course, the issue right now is the firing range mm-hmm. and the different locations. And um, Senator Titan and I were talking about 
the original site, which was in Pocket? Pocket? Oh, right. And so in Pocket, as far as I understand, uh -huh. um, it was that the military was taken to court by We Are Guahan and the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And what came to light, as far as I understand, what came to light was they actually had not dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's, that uh, they hadn't looked thoroughly enough. So um, there, there are parts of the process that we do know have not been looked at carefully, and that's a prime example. And so they actually had to go back to the drawing board. And so, I mean, they could use this year of time to to do something like that. Uh, the community's been calling for a really long time. We already have these live fire training ranges, and people have been calling for a long time to just expand those and use those and, and make them work. Uh, rather than, if you think about it, for an island our size, mm -hmm. 10 live fire training ranges, it's just a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, we're 214 square miles, and uh, 26% of it is already attributed to these different federal Correct. Um, activities. Correct. So um, if there's already five, a, a lot of us would really like to see those just work um, along with some simulation, along with some indoor ranges. You know, in American Samoa, mm -hmm. they are actually building an indoor range there. So we know the military does it. We know that they do it on Pacific Island they themselves say our environment is so na um, excuse me it's so vulnerable and so fragile so what better than to do as much of it as possible by simulation by indoor range and you know no fisherman has to give up any time in the water uh, owing to a surface danger zone if, if a good portion of their activities can be done in an indoor range yeah and you brought up simulations I, I think you know technology now you know, put, sit inside a room and pretend you're shooting a gun or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, right. they I mean, just have too much of our island already. And I am—I don't even want to get to that because it's going to get me riled up. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. When I think about all the way back from when uh, they reoccupied Guam, took it back from the Japanese. You know, I—I I got my own feelings about that. They, you know, everybody's been using the word for the last 70 years of liberation. And I kind of think about it a lot, and I said, liberation. I don't think they actually came here to liberate us. They came to reoccupy Guam, to take it back so they can use it for their own purposes. And soon after, when they were successful in reoccupying Guam, when they took over back from the Japanese Imperial Forces, they immediately say, we're taking that property, we're taking that property. They took all the prime property. That doesn't sound like liberation. It, it doesn't right sound like liberation. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It really, you know, I try to, you know, I'm an Air Force veteran. I, my dad's a retired Air Force. We, we're, we're just as patriotic as anybody in the U.S., period. But when they keep using the word they liberated Guam, you know, they, they liberated the people from being uh, prisoners of war. I don't think that was the case. They yeah, came yeah. back because we are strategically located and they wanted Guam as a stepping stone towards Japan. You know, they at one time were thinking of invading Japan. Instead, they dropped the two nukes. Right, and, and a lot of it, you know, in reading through the history material, a lot of it was about um, having lost Guam. And so 
uh, being able to reclaim it back and sort of um, have a sense of pride that, about that. I think it was that, but more more so the fact that of oh, our strategic location. Strategic location was key. Right. And then I, I hear about the story of this family that used to live in Sumai, that every morning their children would come out and play with the military dependents, military uh, uh, children, mm-hmm. every morning. And then one day they came out to play and they were gone. It's like, Mom, where's where's my friend? They left. They evacuated all the military wives and children. And they evacuated them off Guam. They left us. They left the tomorrows to say, hey, good luck. <laughs> and then, of course, we got invaded. So that's right. a part of that story. Well, and, and part of that uh, story involves that massive transformation that happened to our island after the war. And it was True. it was such a transformation that with a whole lot of us, uh, you and me included, we actually grew up part of our childhood uh, just down the street from each other. Sure. And we grew up not knowing a lot of our the native species that are here. Yeah. So I was saying during the break, because it's like, I've never actually seen a Mariana's eight-spot butterfly. I've never actually, even though I've seen fruit bats in other places like Palau and the Philippines and Australia, I've never seen a Fanihi in our own sky. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of us, we, uh, you know, we just don't even understand some of those really special aspects of the island. And so maybe for a lot of people, when they hear about these, these special animals and these special parts of the island, um, maybe it doesn't resonate. Like maybe it, it feels so unfamiliar that they don't understand why some people are fighting so hard to bring them back. And the, the good news is is that you can, we've seen success stories all over the place uh, in the United States and elsewhere where these kind of native populations really can come back and become a thriving part of the ecosystem again. Yeah, that's how the, why the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, one of their projects was bringing back the bald eagle. Right. It was on the brink of extinction, and now it's off the endangered species list. And exactly. here we have the same agency that's um, basically enabling, um, jeopardizing uh, endangered species. So it it, it seems uh, double, uh, what is it? Um, it? It doesn't seem consistent. But going right. back to your initial point, Dave, about, you know, does it, se- it doesn't seem like liberation. I think that's um, a very good point. I it mean, doesn't. <laughs> I, I, like I think about it a lot, and I keep coming up with the same conclusion. Uh, I don't think they came here to liberate us. And uh, Well, there's a lot of evidence to show, right? I mean, uh, even McNamara, who was uh, mm-hmm. the secretary mm-hmm. of, uh, I guess, he was involved in, Correct. in, in uh, during World War II about how are they, they were going to bomb Japan, and they were thinking of this longabout route through India, and then they finally realized, oh, there's Guam. We could just go directly from Guam and also Tinian and and just bomb from Guam to Japan. So, um, yes, uh, there was definitely that that, that motivation that brought them back to Guam, Mm -hmm. to to use Guam as a... a, a, Stepping stones, sure. And, you know, of course they were here prior to that, you know, but uh, they evacuated all their dependents and and left us tomorrow's to fend for ourselves. Right, and so, we were considered American territory versus yeah. the, our neighboring islands, which were under Japanese rule. So we mm-hmm. were obviously, um, you know, sitting ducks, like you said. Yeah, I, it's, again, I think about it a lot, and uh, 
you know, it doesn't uh, neglect the fact that we are as patriotic as anyone else and have been right. for, and I, I for think decades. That, that the liberation narrative has immobilized, immobilized us yeah. to question, um, you know, our support uh, of, of military build-up here. On when I saw the, the articles and the news clippings of the, the march, what was the name mm-hmm. of the march again? March, March for self-determination. There you go. Yeah. When I saw that, I it started something. I don't know. Something just clicked in me. I said, you know, I think I need to get involved in this because I am just when I think about history and I think about even like my dad. I said, you know, Dad, where's our property? Everybody seems this family has property. These pe- people have a lot of property. You know, Terrells have property. What happened to our? Well, you know, boy, they took it during the war. I said, wow, <laughs> really? And, of course, you get critics that say, oh, you know, if you give them back their land, they're just going to sell it, right? But mm-hmm. I think we have to look at the bigger picture of, you know, the how we were, uh, the economic, uh, we were hampered economically. We couldn't develop economically because uh, during the 1960s, there was, you had to get clearance to come to Guam, and it really kind of hampered our economic development at a very, very critical time. But, you know, that's not to say we are partly to blame for, for our situation, but a lot of it has to do with the, the colonial situation. Well, that back in. then, you know, we were, the people back then during the war, uh, they were traumatized, you know, when Uncle Sam said, hey, can we use your property? We're going to be to build an airfield runway so we can, you know, go after them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then they say, okay, we'll buy it. Okay, we'll buy it for 10 cents an acre. <laughs> You know, and then, then you know, then you get to the modern time now, and 70 years later, that we're going to pay you for the war reparation with our own money. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah, you know, um, I reached out to Tyrone Titano, uh, Carlos Titano. Is that Tyrone's father? Yes. And I see that documentary, that uh, uh, video mm. clip. That yeah, he, yeah. And there was Carlos something Stein. that, yeah, there was something that he said, and I see it a bunch because they replay it a lot. And he goes, you know how we got the uh, president and Congress to get uh, the Organic Act? We shamed him into this by use of the media. He goes, I didn't realize how powerful the media was, and that's how we did it. They shamed him to the point where the president of the United States had no choice but to give us some self-governing, or at least a little bit of our government, and that's how he did it. Um, I said, wow. So I said, with the war claims, you know, of course, our Manonko is still waiting. And uh, we're being paid by the Section 30 of funds, which is essentially our money. Which is held hostage, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. I was talking to my dad. He's on the island. He's back in Guam. He was hoping to get his war reparation before. Then he can go back to Texas. But unfortunately, he got delayed again. And I said, you know, Dad, getting paid by the war reparation, we're getting paid by our own funds money that is owed to Guam through taxes of the federal employees, military personnel, etc. I said, you know, I, I brought up the story of uh, Carlos Titan. I said, you know, we should do, I don't know if it's too late, maybe it's a drastic act, but tell the federal government, tell Uncle Sam, you know what, we don't want your war claims money, We don't, because it's our money anyway, we're going to go and we're going to sue Japan. <laughs> We're going to file suit with Japan and demand that you pay us. You know, Uncle S- Japan said, we'll pay for the war reparations back then. And Uncle Sam said, no, 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 no need. To, we'll take care of the, the people of Guam. Seventy years later, nothing. And 70 years later, we're supposed to get the war claims for our 
And I'm good. Unfortunately, here, pay yourself with your own money. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. So then it really got me thinking about the use, the use of the media. You get the major news people in the states to to tell them the story, and that you know, never mind. We're gonna just Japan's gonna say, hey, Mr. President, uh, Guam is wanting us to pay them now. <laughs> He's going to say, what? Mm, I think I, I think we better do something about this. You know, They don't seem like they're going to stop, sir. Uh, now they want to sue us. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a thing that my dad and I talk a lot about. You know, the He's 88 years old, just like the rest of our Menumkas, some of them up in their 90s, and some of them in the 100s. Still waiting. Yeah, but I think that legal system is tough too, as you could see with the Ninth Circuit court case, mm -hmm. um, not ruling, not being ruled in our favor. And if if anybody's ever heard, you know, Attorney Duggan's arguments, I, you know, it seems to me like he was able to answer every question that was thrown at him. Mm -hmm. And you know, it seemed to me that he won the arguments, but it just it was a shock to me to, to hear um, just the total rejection of that. I, I again, it, it goes right back to to what I was thinking. On what Mr. Carlos Titan did and got the uh, president and the Congress to act. He shamed him via the use of the media. Mm -hmm. And I think that would still be an applicable thing to do right now. You know, we'll say, we're going to tell every news media in the states, run this story, or hopefully you'll run it. And then once the Congress and the president start getting embarrassed about the whole thing, and especially if we start asking Japan, you know what? You were willing to pay for the war reparations. The federal government back then said, no, don't worry about it. We'll take care about it. Well, they didn't take care about it. It's been 70 years, and how did they take care of, take care of it? Oh, we'll give you the your own money and pay yourself. It's not quite right. So, again. Those, those are all issues related to self-determination. Exactly. Uh, that's where I was right. trying so to tie it on, in. Yeah, we keep on surfing back to that. And yeah. You know, both Senator Perez and I were there, and it was such a powerful it was. Uh, gathering. You know, when I, I walked up there, and I could hear people uh, chanting Biba, Biba, and I, I, I knew it was going to be a really powerful gathering, but just uh, it had surprised me that just hearing that and seeing you know, they said hundreds, but it felt like a couple thousand. Yeah, that was a great turnout. Man. Yeah, uh, all those people there uh, of all ages and across all kinds of different beliefs and ethnicities. Yes. But standing together for that, it just uh, it just made my eyes tear up uh, just in that moment. Yeah, uh, just like feeling that power. It in really the air. touched me. It got me to start thinking. I said, I think I need to get involved in this. You know. And then, then I go back to mainland and sea, our environment, and it ties in with that. Absolutely. And I said, you know, don't tell us, please, what to do with our island. Don't tell us what to do with our environment. Matter of fact, you're not helping it. Matter of fact, like you mentioned, the millions that they spent. <laughs> right. And I then mean, all of a they're, sudden, they're, they're literally bulldozing those millions of dollars. And so, one of the things that Senator Perez was saying earlier is she mentioned the word mitigate. Mm -hmm. And so I just say anytime you hear the word mitigate, it means that somebody's doing a harm. And so if you exactly. hear mitigate, they, uh, people might try and sell it like, hey, it's this great thing that we're doing for you. But if, if they're mitigating, it means they are destroying or hurting or harming exactly. something. Exactly. 
so true. And, and they're magic. having to try to make up for it. Exactly. You know, and I, again, um, to to be with you, two senators, and again, I really give you guys a lot of credit. Um, it's been many, many uh, legislatures of the past that had oversight chairmen over the environment, and I see a definite trend in our environment being an issue. People yeah. being aware of it more, and because of the, you two being proactive in what you do about the environment, I think it's going a long way. You know, everything I mean, you hear, I can see it, I can hear it. Uh, even Swanson, you know, they're running more, more, oh, good. Good. more ads on, on the radio about. Way remember more than the, the one that Bronson's on there. Oh yeah, it's, that's right. Put even if it's trash. not your track, you yeah. pick it up. And I told the station, yeah. I said, wow. Give you guys kudos for running because Dave. Yeah. No, it's you know, important. We all need to do our part, and I if said, they figure out a way to contribute like that, that's no, so it's fantastic. So again, it it boils back to I definitely see a trend happening. People are getting going to restore their pride in our island, clean it up, and uh, you know we you know again they're having this Micronesia wide oh, clean up. island yeah. cleanup. Yeah, and I think, um, and Senator Perez can weigh in because she's coming from the field of teaching, and so she's seen many a school child uh, through go through the system. But I really think that there's a sizable portion of our youth. They really care about the island. They understand the importance of needing to uh, just have a more sustainable, a greener lifestyle, and mm -hmm. they're committed to it. Uh, what do you think? Senator. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I hear more um, more youth, and, and as you can see, um, the the young lady from I guess Finland or Sweden, she was uh, advocating for climate change. I think change. She might be up for a, a Nobel Prize. I, I'm not too sure, but yeah, you're mm. seeing more young voices coming out yeah. in very you know. Wasn't there right that that lawsuit in uh, the U.S. by uh, some of the school children? They had gotten together and yes. they were climate doing change. Yeah. yeah, because really, and that's what I think uh, senators like uh, Senator Perez and myself are doing. We're really trying to think long term. And Thank we're you. really trying Thank to help you. people understand that the environment's not just the environment. It's our economy. It's our sustainability. It's the fish we put on our table. It's all of these connections. And it's also connected to our health and well-being. Exactly. If we have a healthy environment, mm -hmm. it's better for us psychologically and otherwise. And um, if we have this long-term thinking, we're looking at it, not just what we can do today, but we want to make sure that the environment and the rest of the island can meet the needs of the children and grandchildren because, you uh, know, maybe as, we, <laughs> maybe as we hear, hopefully we are hearing more often, it's their island. It's yes. their inheritance, and we can, we can't hand them something that isn't as good as what we had. That's exactly what I was thinking as you were talking. I said, "It's about our children. We want to hand an environment to them down down the road for our next generation. We've got to give them an environment that be that is good for their health and everything else. You know, a clean island. Our island is just I don't know. I." I'm a big tickler about, you know, of course, GVB does their job. They have to promote Guam as a beautiful destination. And then I said, do the tourists really 
when they see, you know, like uh, Marble Cave. Luckily, that's one of the places they're going to clean up during this magnesium oh, okay. island. Yeah, and it, it, I specifically mentioned Marble Cave because they had a lot of people that go there, you know, tourists alike. And there's trash all over the place, but they go to the you know the the waterfront, the, sea, the shoreline side of it. But there's trash all around the the, the jungle. Mm-hmm. Getting there, I said, what kind of a message are we sending them? You know, which um, it leads to. So now that the budget's over, we're back to having public hearings, as Senator Perez said that she's going to have tomorrow, and we're back to hearing bills. Mm-hmm. And so the bill that I put forward, um, and I believe Senator Perez is a, a co-sponsor, um, she's always very, very supportive in these issues, is one that is going to have the Beautification Task Force take on the, the, the challenge of trying to be part of fixing our illegal dumping and our littering and, and our destruction of public facilities. So by putting it there uh, with them, it's hopefully putting it in a place where they are going to be able to continually meet and continually have this as a responsibility. When it sits with um, our agencies, they run certain programs and they have certain funding uh, that they do year by year, and they have very good efforts all in all, but they can't have the the singular focus or a continued focus necessarily just on those kind of issues. So we need a group of individuals, and it's the lieutenant governor, it's uh, the Department of of Public Waste, it's all of these entities, GVB, that have to come together anyway. Mm -hmm. But to get them to really uh, sit down and think of it from all kinds of perspectives about what's happening. And Senator Paris did have a roundtable that I was one of the ones who sat at, to talk about some of these things because there are a whole lot of things that are the reason for illegal dumping. It's not just uh, it's not just one thing. It's not just the cost, but some of it might be cultural. Some of it might be uh, behavioral, behavioral and all these other yes. things. So it's the attitude. We need to we change need to the mindset. At all levels. Exactly. exactly. I think coordinated effort is definitely going to be key. Um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm a big uh, advocate of you've got to constantly push the issue. Let them see it. Let them hear about it. If you just say it today or next week and then forget about it for the next, it ain't ain't never going to register. You've got to constantly until the people finally get it. And um, I'm very optimistic. I believe that the people are. I see a trend definitely happening. We're having more cleanups. And uh, unfortunately, we have to do the cleanups because people keep trashing our island. But I think that's going to change. Uh, I really do. Yeah. I hope we have a Basta y Basula task, uh, <laughs> yes. task force. So exactly. That's one thing I would was like Was that your to hearing? Uh, yes, that was the hearing. Yes. It was actually uh, Angel, Angel Sabat. Angel, right? yes. Yeah. Basta y Basula the hotline. Mayors. Yeah, the and yeah. Uh, the, the slogan was uh, Basta y Basula. If you see something, say something, call the hotline. And I've, made it, I've mentioned it on the show. Um, you yeah, know, no. it's very obvious. You see a pickup truck or what have you with a bunch of white goods and, and trash bags in the back of their truck in the middle of the night strolling around the jungle area. Mm. Is that suspicious? Say something. You see something? Say something. Busta Ibasula. And is that, is that program going to be standing um, up? I'm going to definitely uh, work to get that online. I think, yeah, definitely. I, I think it's going to be a fairly easy one to stand up. All you need is a dedicated line, number one, mm-hmm. a number that they can call, 
and uh, get the uh, the PR, you know, put it out in, the, like I said, the big screen or TV. Or do they have an app where you can send photos and stuff, because that way you can, yeah, have a photo of. Um, yeah. And also make it a service learning happening. activity, too. As you know, there's like 75 hours uh, that are needed for high school students in order for them to graduate. Correct. So, um, then maybe we can have a coordinated um, no. high school I, service I'm learning. I'm glad you, I, you brought up Bustillo Basu. I, I mentioned it many a times after yeah. that public hearing because that was one of the better things that came out of that. When I heard it from Angel, I, I said, Woo, Angel, yeah, you came up with a good one this time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they had a lot of great ideas. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. And, and it's great to see us, as Senator Perez was mentioning, you know, this collaboration because that's what needs to happen. It can't just be one side of the government. It mm -hmm. can't be just one entity. It has to be all of us thinking about how we're going to be contributing. Yeah. And I really like the names that they came up with. Yeah. And I think that's part of what we need to get people energized yeah. and get people feeling like they're going to, you know, they're going to be part of this. Is they came up with a really clever name. Yeah, and I so can see it. Busty Basula, the main title, and yeah, then underneath it in every other language. Same, and who same doesn't method. like saying it? I mean, yeah. you know, Busta. But also, uh, I am of the belief that we need a good mascot. So, you okay, know. Okay, I volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know how we have Smokey the Bear, uh -huh. and we have uh, um, what's another mascot? Um, Woodsy the Owl. Uh, so that shows that dates me, right? If I know who those are, but we need a we maybe hmm. need a mascot, and it reaches out to the kids and everybody. Well, you got me thinking. Remembers a it? contest. Yeah, that, exactly. That could be part of the education. Yeah. There you go. Yes. So I was thinking it could be <laughs> a now mascot with a trash bag. <laughs> right, we already have the cocoa bird. Um, we already have the cocoa. You know, there's a, already a mascot uh, costume and all of this stuff. And then cocoa can, uh, if we're going with alliteration like the basa y basula, right? Uh -huh. Is we can we can have uh, cocoa called you know areas like calacas. If uh, <laughs> you know, you can just give it a big calacas. No, it, I think I think we're on to something. I uh, definitely I, I can't see why that can't happen. Have a contest within the school. Whoever designs the best mascot for basa y basula. You know, gets a, the school gets it. You know, giving them incentive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always got to be an incentive. Give us the a cape, and <laughs> we cannot be out there flying. Superman or super trash man. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I had my daughter in the studio. You guys met my daughter many mm -hmm. times, and I I didn't have a guest that that particular night, and I had her sat down where uh, Senator Paris is at, and I said, put the headset on. I want to ask you a question, and and I said, how often do you guys recycle at your school? And she goes, oh, yeah, Dad, we do it um, on Earth Month. I said, that's it? <laughs> I, you really have to have somebody dedicated. It's hard to yeah. to really kind of uh, get that sustainable program within the school. Yeah. So I think that's... And uh, I, I get this from uh, Mr. Larry Gass, because uh, when I had him on the show, he, he brought it up to my attention, and it stuck me, with me uh, up to this very day. Uh, attitude is one. The word attitude—it's—it's it's all an attitude. It's the mindset. We got to change the people's mindset and the attitude, and you got to start them young. Mm -hmm. Start them as young as three years old. Can you imagine a three-year-old, four-year-old coming up to you and say, "Excuse me, you're supposed to throw that in the trash," you know, because he's—he's learning. And then yeah. we're, we, as the adults, going to be a little bit embarrassed and say, "Oh my goodness, I better do it." So I have another idea. That sure. I just gave sure. me another idea because I, you know, as a teacher. <laughs> You know, we'd always try to get uh, the plastics uh, recycled, but that would leave it to the teacher to bring it to 
um, the station, right? The recycling station. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It'd be nice to have recycling bins for plastic. Because like right now, I know iRecycle, they provide the bins for aluminum cans. I think what would really help is to have something for um, the other types of recyclables. With that said, I last week we had uh, Peggy Denning in the studio, uh, Paul Tobias, and Mr. Larry Gast. Oh, that and sounds like an interesting grouping. We had a great show, and I brought it up, and it's something that I'm trying to stand up, because it was done in the government, government-wide, in the past, years past, and it's slowly kind of make its way back. Senator Clint Rigel is doing it. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him, Senator Clint Rigel. He has um, trash receptacles in his office mm-hmm. for exactly that, mm-hmm. regular trash, one for plastics, one for paper. And that was done. Mr. Paul Tobiason was a big, big advocate of that back back in my days in the government. He would actually go to different offices <laughs> and, and make sure you had. Yeah. Do you have a receptacle just for aluminum cans? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I said we need to, and I, I reached out to the governor's office. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of their communications director. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find out is that ongoing right now in the government. And if not, it should get re, uh, re-implemented. And then also encourage the private sector to do that all the way down to your your household, to every all of us do it. You know, reuse, re- what is that? Reuse, reuse. <laughs> Reduce, reuse, recycle. There you go. The three R's. Yeah, pick up the trash, even if it ain't yours. There's a fourth R, we think. <laughs> what is it? What is Rethink. that? Rethink. Rethink. Yeah, we're just about Rethink. two minutes till the top of the hour. <laughs> two minutes to the top of the hour. Thank you for tuning in to Man, Land, and Sea once again. And uh, my doors are always open to you two senators. Thank you so much. Anything you got within your uh, office that's got to do with uh, cleaning up this island, getting our environment up, ready for the next generation, by all means, give me a call. You have a, you have a mic available to you. Is Masi? Yes, the Sinema Asi. And Mr. Bronson, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. For all you do for the show, Man, Land, and Sea.